podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey and you're listening to the guys on Coppen Fracas. The best word I can say to describe this one. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Coffee and Fracas, powered by Touchline Media Group. I'm your host this week, Krish, and joining me to talk about all things LFC, I'm joined by Mark, I'm joined by Glam. And as teams like to do in the January transfer window, um, they like to make additions to the squad. We've made a new permanent addition, uh, making her first full-time appearance. You may have heard her a few weeks ago on the pod, but she's now with us permanently. We are happy to say that Naomi is joining us as well. Naomi, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm really good. Even better knowing that we got a really, oh, I was going to say dodgy win, but a really good Arsenal. <laughs> We're going to talk about that later on. Mark, how are you doing, brother? I know you enjoyed that win a little bit. No, I'm not going to say a little bit too much, but, you know, we, we like to let people know where to hold that. So um, how are you doing? No, I'm good, man. I most definitely enjoyed that win. Probably not as much as I should. I'm trying to be a bit humble these days. Not the gung-ho mark of years past, but <laughs> it's a bit calm. I said, see you in February. Let's see what happens, isn't it? Again, um, getting, getting, getting patient and wise in your old age, my friend. Um, I, you, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, love it. Glam will be joining us shortly. He is stuck in traffic, um, so he'll be with us in a little while. Um, the games are indeed coming thick and fast for Liverpool this January and February, and the one place to be for all of your LFC coverage is the Copper and Fracas Patreon page. So head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas and subscribe from just as little as three pounds per month today where you can get some of the singular greatest lfc content on the internet uh we've got a load of good shows planned for this week which will be released next week um surrounding the transfer market which is why i mentioned it at the top of the show and of course we've got our usual post-match content pre-match content and everything else in between so three pound a month head over to the patreon today um this is gonna be this is gonna be a good part but we do have to start on a bit of a Bit of a poor note. Um, obviously, the pre-Fulham press match conference was held today um, in the usual style. Uh, Pep Linders continued to do the Carabao Cup press conferences, which I think is my favourite theme um, of whenever we're doing League Cup ones. Uh, and he mentioned that Trent will be out for the better part of three weeks with a knee injury. Um, we are down on um, probably our most creative players at the moment. Obviously, no Salah, uh, no, no Andy Robertson. Uh, and I think we're also missing someone else who's fairly important in the build-up. But I think he will return to today's game. Uh, so, yeah, Trent's out for three weeks. How are we all feeling? Mark, I'll start with you. Um, Downtrodden. <laughs> Obviously, Trent is my guy. I've backed him to the hills. I've almost had fights over Trent. <laughs> Trent yeah, is true. <laughs> somebody that I think is going to be one of the best right backs I've ever seen come the end of his career. Um, the most creative. We saw what he was doing at the Arsenal game. Strolled onto the Emirates and was 
playing people off the park for Bantz. So I do mm. think he's going to be a big miss. I think especially with the absence of Salah, we're lacking a bit of creativity. That may yep. fall onto McAllister and Elliot. And you know I have like, higher stocks in Elliot, so I do believe he can rise to the occasion. But you are losing two of your primary creators in Salah and Trent for the next period. Fortunately, we don't have... I wouldn't say strong opposition. I know Bournemouth are a very good side, but I expect to beat them, even though we are going away to the vitality. Mm. Um, Fulham as well, we have them at home. And I guess home and away before Trent is back. Um, I still expect to beat them. They aren't in the best of form and we are a stronger side than them, even without Salah and Trent. Um, the game I'm a bit worried about is Chelsea. I don't think Chelsea mm -hmm. are in the greatest of form. I don't think they're the greatest side, but we've gone... I it four or five games now drawing against Chelsea without being able to beat them. Um, it's one of the singular yeah. nastiest streaks in modern football that that yeah, game yeah. is either one or nil nil on every <laughs> single occasion. I would say they're becoming a little bit of a bogey side for us, um, mm. but we just can't seem to get the win against them. Um, having Trent against them would be extremely impactful, especially because they are expected to run the midfield. With, I guess, if I know, I wouldn't say that anymore because. Saicedo hasn't lived up to expectations. Enzo is carrying a hip injury, so he's a bit hit and miss. And they're playing Gallagher in there. So we should be able to do something in there, but having Trent will just push us over the line, in my opinion. Um, I guess it falls to Connor Bradley, probably to step up into that right-back slot. He did well in his cameo in against Martinelli at the Emirates. Um, so if Klopp does entrust him with that role, I think he would do OK in the games given. Um, but mm. I don't want it to be too long term. No, I completely agree. Um, I, I rewatched something earlier on uh, before the news came out, and I, was, I think it was just like Trent kind of like walking out um, at the end of the Arsenal game, and you could tell he was walking with a bit of a noticeable limp. So it's one of those, and the fact apparently he played on with it too, which is pretty, uh, which is pretty insane. So fair, fair play to him um, to his own detriment, yeah, so unfortunately. Got, to interject there, apparently he got injured. In no, challenge with Martinelli when Martinelli skips past him he runs uh, off okay and you know there's a bit of the pitch that's a bit of grass and then there's a bit just after that that's a bit of turf or like it feels like concrete he slipped a little bit yeah, yeah. I think he overstended his leg there so the following duel against Martinelli he just had to let him go past mm -hmm. no that's fair that's fair um Naomi how are you feeling obviously about, about the Trent news uh, and obviously, more importantly, that we don't... Well, the current situation is the backup right-back is now currently the first-choice left-back, mm. and the other two left-backs who could fulfil that place are still out and probably not due back until February as well. Yeah, it's not looking great. Um, losing Trent is, like, it's like devastating because he's our most creative person in the team, and alongside losing Salah as well, it really puts us in, like, a mad predicament. Um, but I think this is a time where the team can sort of rise to it. I think, mm -hmm. like you said, I think Elliot, I love him so much and he's always come on the pitch and changed the game. I think this would be a good test for him to get that starting position on the pitch and for him to rise to it. Even though we criticise him a lot, but Nunes is quite good at creating. He has a, more, a number of assists on his belt, so we could also count on him to do something. So... Yeah, I think everyone just needs to chip in a little bit. I was saying before when I heard the Trenton news, oh, Subasly has to step up to the plate, but obviously he's injured as well. So yeah. the injury list is just sort of piling at the worst possible time. But at the same time, we do have two weeks off. So 
I think I saw in Pep's um, press conference today, it is predicted that we do have a full squad by the end of February, which is something good. So hopefully we come out of this period unscathed and in terms of the Premier League, the cup runs, and then from February, we can look on onwards and attack, essentially. So, yeah. I love it. I love the optimism, um, especially when we're saying full squad and we're having Thiago in that conversation too. Oh. And at this, at this point, think I think he he's just like... Do you think he play football anymore? Do you think he remembers? I know. <laughs> he knows he's nearly been out for a year. That's the insane thing. You know what I mean? It's so like, mad. It's crazy. Um, I was the, the funniest tweet I saw um, a few few weeks ago was that uh, CM Punk made his return before Tiago did, <laughs> and honestly, that is it's it's painfully true. That's that's it's the sick so thing. True. <laughs> uh, Glam, Glam has arrived. Glam is here. Um, obviously, you know we were kind of reacting to the, the Trent news, Glam. Um, but I want to kind of like pivot the question to something else for you. Obviously, the right hand side of our uh, of, of Liverpool shape is, is now kind of took a bit of a weird turn now. Um, do you feel a bit, little bit more confident that we can kind of make up for the lack of creativity on that right-hand side, given Klopp's changes in the Arsenal game? Obviously, he moved DS to the right. He looked way more efficient there, way more threatening on that right-hand side. Um, obviously, you could put Elliot in the right-hand side of the midfield to replace the boss at the moment, but it is that right-back spot that is kind of the glaring error. And obviously, we'll, we'll talk more about Gomez literally after we finish this conversation because I think then a wider conversation needs to be had about him. Um, but what are your thoughts on obviously what we can do to nullify his absence on that right-hand side of the, not only Liverpool, not only Liverpool's attack, but that general shape and structure? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, most evening people. Hello, Naomi. <laughs> Marco! Marco! What's good, you little terrorist? <laughs> what's that mean what's that mean yeah no um well yeah no obviously um yeah i heard the news today i i, I my, my phone was going off left right and center and i, I thought like obviously someone had passed or something but yeah um the trent news i ain't gonna lie i'm gutted for him because you know you guys know me already with trent mm-hmm. I, I ain't biggest fan but i start i started following him back this morning well no, a couple of weeks ago because of his form and I ain't gonna lie, we just mentioned the shape. The shape. Hey, wait, of the... hold on, glab, glab. Don't go past that too quick. Yeah, <laughs> I followed that two weeks ago. <laughs> so basically, yeah, I started following him back in it. Like he's he, he no longer like on my on, on my hit list. Do you know what I mean? And... Hey, you got to earn that respect, man. You know what I mean? Respect yeah, yeah. is earned; it's not given. You know what I mean? And obviously, I I I, I do like him in that role. I'm not gonna lie, but. Mm-hmm. He, as, uh, as Naomi just was pointed out, though, obviously, we've got two weeks off. That kind of softens the blow for me. I totally forgot about that little break. Um, but obviously, you know, Gomez is filling out a left-back well, so I wouldn't change that. So probably Conor Bradley will come in, but I do think it will affect him because he's enjoying his football. We're, we're, we're enjoying the fluency. So, you know, it, it does kind of feel like a bit of a downer, but at the same time, we always persevere, man. Do you know what I mean? We had no Van Dijk, we had no Salah. Wherever things are thrown at us, we persevere. And I think this team mentality this season is is, is proper top stuff. Top stuff, man. Completely agree. Um, I mean, that, that's the best way to kind of end that conversation. The, when, when this team kind of does find itself in adversity, you always find a way to rise to the occasion. Someone always pops up, whether it be with, you know, a fantastic, you know, fantastic, fantastic, uh, fantastic, uh, a fantastic ball for an assist. Got there in the end. You can tell I've done a full day of work after two weeks off. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I would cut that out at the end, but I'm not going to, I'm going to leave it in. Um, or whether it be someone popping up with a big goal in a big moment. 
these players know how to deliver. So let's just see who kind of takes the mantle now, especially in these games, you know, two games against Fulham, game against Bournemouth. Um, obviously, there'll be another FA Cup game towards the end of the month too. So let's go and see who steps up and takes the mantle uh, in these upcoming games. Someone who has really stepped up and taken the mantle with his run of form, not only in the past few previous games, but I'd probably say in the past three months, in all honesty, is Joe Gomez. Um, we have these conversations about Gomez back and forth, back and forth. For I don't even know how long we've had them now. It was looking at some point last season that his Liverpool career was going to come to an end. Um, that game against Napoli is seared into my mind. Just how, well, not only how bad it was for him, but just for everyone involved. I went to bed. And I did a full day at work. I came back. I was like, okay, cool. Let's watch Liverpool play football. We just get absolutely wiped off the face of this earth in the first half. I went, I'm going to bed. I was in bed at quarter to nine on a Tuesday. That was disgusting. Um, <laughs> probably Gomez should have also been in bed at quarter to nine on Tuesday for that day as well. Jesus Christ. Um, but what we've seen is a player who, again, rises above and faces adversity head on, and he has revived his Liverpool career. Um, Naomi, I'll, I'll start off with you. Just how impressed have you been, not only with Gomez himself, but his ability to adapt to like three different positions on the pitch this season? I just think he's like a new revitalized guy. I just feel like he's he's in the best shape of his life. Like his um his speed is like next level. Like I didn't realize how fast he was actually when he like I only noticed recently when he accelerates up the pitch. I'm like, this guy's actually got a lot of speed on him. Um his tenacity on the pitch is amazing. He's reads the situations really, really well as well. He knows he's very good at putting his body on the line. I just feel like he's so like a well-rounded defender at the moment and he's playing in the form of his life and I think he'll be absolutely criminal in this form if he doesn't get picked to go um, to the Euros personally but you can never trust Southgate I need Southgate to keep keep his arm away from our players I know but <laughs> if we England want to do something I do think he's got to go like on this in this form right now like who's better than him in the Premier League right now in many people and the fact he can play across three different positions pretty much unheard of kind of so um yeah no the fact he's a third choice left back and he's adapted to playing left back considering he's a right footed is just is insane not many people could do that so yeah no I'm very impressed with him and I'm really happy for him as well in, in sort of like a personal level because he seems like such a good kid and you can tell Klopp proper loves him as well so I mean he deserves it for sure it's crazy because he's still only 26 years old and he's the longest I guess if you take Trent's academy way, uh, stay out of it, he's the longest serving player at the football club at the moment, which mm -hmm. in itself is actually kind of insane. Um, but Glam, you must be looking at this like a proud uncle, seeing uh, Joe kind of revitalise his, his, his Liverpool <laughs> career. Just, just just talk to me how about how it's made you feel and yeah. just how nice it is to kind of see him enjoying his football again because we've gone so, for so many periods, whether it be just a little bit of down confidence with him on the pitch, all the injuries that he's gone through. And he's gone through two yeah. massive, two or three massive injuries whilst at Liverpool. And to bounce back from every single one of them and still be a mainstay in this team is nothing short of remarkable. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's testament to him. I say at the same time, it could all it could have been a slippery road, obviously, some I remember he talked to Virgil and you know he he was contemplating leaving, so hats off to him. He wanted more football eventually. And Virgil just said to him to obviously stay along. And it's worked out. But, yeah, he's, his talent's always been there. I remember, as I said, when Anomi was saying that left-back, when we signed him at 18 years old, he came at left-back and he was comfortable um, mm -hmm. for us. And then, yeah, he got those three massive injuries. Um, 
and which is unlucky. And then I think he's, he's a confidence player. And like he was mentioning, some some games he's having a couple of nightmares. I'm not gonna lie, but I always had um, faith in his ability. I think he's like as a, he's he's better than what people latch onto. Like in terms of his awareness, I know he's not that quite tall, but he's quite he's, he's actually six foot. But he doesn't look six foot. And um, you know his header in could improve, but his all round game in terms of a footballer, like he he's he he has got everything in terms of um, pace, playing awareness, and his form's just ridiculous, man. His form is just ridiculous. Obviously, there's one little blip in the first half, but it's that happens, isn't it? But his recovery set, um, you know, I think he dealt with Saka very well, very very well. Um, Saka didn't have an easy ride in terms of that game, but yeah, man, like he's flourishing. Right back left. I, I think now, while I was more um, focused on him being as a centre half, I think now, mm-hmm. um, full back wise, it'd probably be for him. You know what I mean? Obviously, he can cover in centre back, but I think he's better. He's better suit. He's better suit as a full back. Even getting forward, I think he's going to score soon as well. He's getting closer and closer every week. Um, he's been wearing quite unlucky, but I think his his attributes are better suited as an attacking sort of full back, and he's defensively good. Like he's simply, not not in terms of obviously you know we're not going to play the race card there, but Ashley Cole, do you know what I mean? Um, he's got he's he, he can attack and he can defend. There's not many fullbacks that can attack and defend. So um, yeah, my hats off and I'm happy, man. I'm happy. I'm happy for him. I am happy for him. I thought you were going to compare it to Beckenbauer for a minute. Then. I don't know why, but um... yeah, no, no. <laughs> I didn't see that. Man. Don't try doing the ages on there, guys. You know what I mean? We ain't got no dating birds. <laughs> It's interesting you say, like, obviously about him getting forward and taking more shots. So I've just I've randomly just come across this as we're, as we're talking about it. So this is Joe Gomez's shots per season. Zero, 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 six, seven, four, one, six, eight. And this season is 18. The goal's <laughs> coming, man. It, at some point, it's got to come. You know what I mean? And yeah. the let off will be, will be unbelievable. Um, Mark, me, me and you, um, if we were to... Go back to the tapes uh, and listen to transfer game that we did this summer. Um, one of the players we probably would have shipped off or suggested to ship off would have been Joe Gomez. How grateful that are you that Liverpool didn't have our same line of thinking this last summer? Because the way he's coming clutch to not only be our only fit right back and senior right back and left back at the moment, but also the fourth choice central defender too. Just the resiliency is unbelievable. That's exactly the word that I wanted to pinpoint on, resilience. Um, so, as Glam alluded to, he's had three major injuries. One ACL, and is it two broken legs? Or one broken leg or one broken leg? Yeah. And to come back from those three injuries and to be performing the way he is, to be patient, to know that he's not got a nailed-on spot in the side going into the season. He's got. He's a real mentality monster. He essentially typifies everything that Klopp says when he says mentality monster. Somebody that continues to go regardless of what's, what they're up against. And as you said, rightly so, I was definitely in the camp of shipping to Aston Villa. <laughs> Getting the fuck out of here. Like, let him go chill with Mings. But I'm happy I, I'm happy the club didn't think the same way that we did. I think he is, his versatility is a key aspect. Funny enough, and I wouldn't have said this in, I guess, years past, but his availability is also a key aspect for us. The fact that mm-hmm. he's constantly available and can cover three different positions. He's played right back, centre back and left back this season. I think he's had two big tests in Saka or Middlesbrough just scored, by the way. Um, 
but I've had he's had two big tests in Saka twice. Um, so Saka at Anfield, where he plays 45 minutes and was it 45 or 30 minutes and plays extremely well, and then a whole 90 minutes away at the Emirates and plays extremely well. And Saka's essentially locked up in his back pocket. Um, I think he's been very, very good. And his 200th game is coming up, so his 200th game is the Fulham game, and I think that's when the goal is coming. I think there's going to be a huge burst from the crowd. I don't. I just want it to fall in line for him. I think the stars could align for him, and it could be like a beautiful sight to see him get the goal, us winning against Fulham, and you can celebrate how well this player's come along for us. It's been eight years now. No, not even eight. Is it eight or nine years now since he's yeah. been at the club? Okay. 15, 16, didn't he? So, it's, yeah, it's eight years. Yeah, so mm. eight years now, he's been a loyal servant to the club. I want him to get his goal. I want him to continue to push on and get his testimonial. He's been a great player for the club and hopefully he can kick on and have the career that he envisioned when he was 18. True. You know what's wild? He's actually t- he's two years away from a testimonial. Yeah, literally. Uh, do they still do that these days, testimonials? Re- I, mean, Hen- <laughs> I mean, Henderson's due one, so... Yeah. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> a bit of, uh, <laughs> we don't know what happened there still. <laughs> um, this is the thing though it's like footballers don't stick around at one club long enough to, for, for them to be testimonials anymore which is the, the sad thing unless you sign a 19,000 year contract with Chelsea where by default you're going to get a testimonial um, so yeah it's, it's the last of a dying breed really so it'd be really good to see Gomez get a testimonial um, but no honestly he's been he really has been kind of like the unsung hero of Liverpool season so far Um you know, kind of obviously taking up all these different positions, you know, when he's getting his opportunity, keeping his place in the team first and foremost, just because of how brilliant it has been. But there's there's so many different aspects to his game. He's, he looks like he's improved on the way he can read the game um, recently from both an attacking and a defensive point of view. It's just been stellar. He's taken up the right positions. I never knew he had this passing range to him either. Like he doesn't look out of place doing this inverted role, which is absolutely insane. Um, and the way he's just kind of like locking down one at one v one, either flank, it's it's in, it's insane. But I guess that's the reading when when you've been playing centre back for that long, you know how to engage and when to back off and stuff. So going up against wingers is it's just been his his bread and butter at the moment. So yeah, Joe Gomez, thank you very much for for, for sticking with us, um, uh, you know, and and being the shining example uh, for us this season so far. Um, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. We we've gone. Almost 20 minutes without noticing uh, or mentioning the fact that we um, somehow beat Arsenal 2-0, which is the funniest result of all season. Um, <laughs> didn't start well, did it? Let's be real. Uh, the first half um, wasn't great. Didn't really get a foothold in the game. Uh, we looked a little bit little bit nervy. Weren't getting you know, our, our usual um, kind of traits in possession. Weren't able to play it from the back. Do you think that was just solely down to not having... Virgil van Dijk in the team for the quick distribution and being able to play out diagonally or do you think it was a little bit more Arsenal kind of being on the front foot? I think it's a bit of both. Let me jump in there. So, I think the way they pressed us was extremely good. They went man for man mm. on their press, essentially. Um, they had Reese Nelson following Trent into that inverted area. Odegaard pushing up to make sure that Konate didn't have time on the ball. We know out of... Well, it's inter- Konate- it was interesting you say that because do you see what McAllister said? Like, they didn't Obviously, they didn't plan for them to go man-to-man on the press. They mm. did, but obviously they couldn't make the adjustment until half-time. So, obviously, when the adjustment comes in half-time, 
it's a completely different ball game. You know, that man for man press really causes us a lot of issues. So I was watching a podcast, and I'm not going to give them any free promo, but I was watching a podcast, and they were basically <laughs> saying the way they set up a trap for Gomez to have the ball on his left foot, being a right-footed centre-back, he would only be able to play the ball down the line on his left foot or into midfield on his left foot, similar to Kwanzaa having the ball. And they were really good. They suffocated us for that first half. They should have probably been 3 no up. I think they had more than enough chances. If we think back to the first two minutes, uh, Reese Nelson has a chance where he goes past Allison, um, and he probably should make something more of it. Havertz yeah. has a couple of chances. He has a header that goes wide. He has the chance where he's not one-on-one, where he tries to curl it and Alisson makes a good save. He has one where he needs the ball into a defender as opposed to heading it or actually getting something concrete on it. Um, so, yeah, I do feel they had enough options, so enough opportunities. And, oh, yeah, Odegaard hit the bar. They had enough opportunities to put us away. But with this Liverpool side, we've seen us come back from being down several times this season to win games. So when you don't put us away, I'm always quite confident that we have the firepower up front, regardless of how we're playing, to score goals. Even without Salah. I know Salah is the key aspect of that, but in Yota and I guess every blue moon in Nunes and, of course, Diaz, um, we have people that can get a goal or can cause a little spark or can do something. And that's what we saw within that game. Um but like I said, first half they peppered us. I thought we were going to be like witnessing a 5 0 in the first five minutes. I can't lie. It, it wasn't looking good. Um, Nelby, how were you feeling about that first half? Because we were all obviously texting back and forth and we were kind of like, just not started well at all here. We did find a, a few chances, I think, after like 35 minutes. You could see us yeah. gradually growing into the game. But the way Arsenal were able to cut through us and just how their press was kind of all in our face and more importantly the chances they were creating there was some cause for concern I honestly don't know how they missed all those chances because I think they set up to absolutely demolish us in the game and along with the crowd as well I was kind of hoping but we get to the 30 minute mark and we sort of sustain that pressure and we grow into the game which we did but that was off the back of Arsenal missing so many chances which we got so lucky about was so blessed that Havertz is just absolutely awful but, um, yeah, I think the adjustments had to be made um, in the second half, which it was literally a game of two halves. I thought second half, we were amazing. Pretty sure Arsenal only had one shot on target. I could have made that up. But they weren't as potent. Was it true? Yeah. So they weren't as potent um, in the second half. And that's because of the way we set up. They had zero shots. Zero shots in the was second half. Zero shots in the second half. I even thought they had one. Had See, there you go. Chances, missed one big chance. Um, yeah. They had five shots, all of them off target. Yeah, there you go. In the second half, I was, it was really weird because I wasn't confident we were going to win, but I thought, oh, it's going to be a replay. I accepted a nil-nil draw, to be quite frank with you. So then when um, Trent, the magician that we know, pulls off that free kick and then he goes into the box, it was inevitable. And then Diaz goes and gets an absolute second and sort of showed Havertz how to finish a goal because he took that very well. So, so yeah, I thought um, it was a very bizarre game, but somehow we came through it, which is just even weirder. Yeah. It was it was a bizarre game. It was a bizarre game indeed. Um, Glam, what was the personification of bizarreness in that game for you? I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest, mate. I don't know. I still don't know how we won that two 0 <laughs> uh, 
don't, I don't. Like, I'm, I'm not, like, I took the result and I stuck it on every Arsenal fan I could think of or name my book or on my Insta. They all got it. But, you know, that was the bragging rights, but I don't know how we won. And, you know, to, to make it worse, we brought on kids, under 21 kids. And they had the strongest team out, let's be real. They had the strongest team out. And they came like it was a cup final. And they failed miserably. Like, I know the Reese Nelson chance, I think that was a... I can't believe he missed that, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I was quite, it was a golden chance. I think that's the only time I was upset with Canate throughout the game. It, it looked like he just left it to, like, walk past him. I don't, I don't know what happened there. But as Marco said, we definitely... We looked shocked. We definitely looked shocked. They come out of the traps, to be fair. And hats off to them. They should anyway. They're their home team. Um, but you've got to take your chances. Because when you're in this game, especially when you're playing the big fish, you've got to take your chance. And that's what happens. And they come to bite them. And to be fair, the second half, I don't give Klopp his credit. But fair play. He, he, he dodged the situation. Made the changes. Nunes on the left worked perfectly. They, yeah. they, they, they were on the back foot. Um, and that's one thing about Nunes, man. Like, fair enough, he's going to miss chances and frustrate you. But what he's going to do, he's going to run you ragged, man. In behind balls, do you know what I mean? Even with his feet, like, he's better than what people think. He's, he's going to be a problem. You have to watch him 24-7. Um, and that's what won us the game in the second half. Um, but, yeah, man, um, um, I don't know how we won that game, but it's one of them ones. It's an advert for take your chances. The aim of the game is, is to put the ball in the back of the net, and that's what we did. So it, it is literally, it's just one of those games. I mean, I, let's count, I can't count how many games we have been in that exact same situation where we have been on the front foot and then hit with a sucker punch and just never recovered from it. Um, they happen far and too, too few between, but I'm actually glad that we were on, not on the receiving end of it. Quick question for everyone. The front three that ended the game, would that be your front three for whilst um, Salah is away. 100%. 110%. Yeah. Who is it? Diaz, Jota and Nunes? Yeah. Yeah. So I just yeah. said we wanted a, like a segue into the second half based off like that front three. So um, mm. as Graham alluded to, he said that Klopp made some changes. He didn't give Klopp some credit. So I do definitely want to highlight that. I remember talking in the group chat that I feel like Gapo should move into false nine. I didn't mm -hmm. expect the switch of Nunes to left wing and Diaz to right wing. I thought it was going to be Nunes right wing because pace wise, yeah, Nunes, yeah, you want to keep Diaz in his best position. You want to have Nunes like just go run at people, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I do think that switch was really good. It allowed Gakpo to pick up some space in the round Jorginho, even though he didn't really get the ball. It just meant he occupied that space. And then Nunes was just the outball. Like, Nunes, any single time he wanted, well, Trent got on the ball and he wanted to relieve some pressure, he was able to just spray it. And speaking of, um, he was able to do the same with Diaz on the left wing in the first half, but not to the same effect. He'd done it a few times. The one where he just across the box after defending, and I want to point this out because, again, I'm a big Trent fan. He defends really well, heads the ball out, it comes back into him. He defends well, drags it across the six-yard box, essentially. Pings it with his left foot to Diaz effortlessly. Diaz doesn't even need to break stride. So being able to have that change and then saying to Diaz and Nunes, just getting behind, Diaz even made a run, like an out-to-in run, where he got past, who was their left back for the day? Um, was Kimio. Yeah. He gets past Kimio and he takes it on his chest, but he just can't get 
enough speed to go past him. Um, I think it was a very, very great change from Klopp because he could see what they were doing with their press. Essentially, they were allowing Gomez to have a lot of time on the ball and Quanta to have a lot of time on the ball and then trying to press Trent out of the game. And then as they started to tire in the second half, Trent started to dictate the game more and just became so influential. But going back to that front three, I think Yotta is our most potent finisher at the club. Maybe mm. even Salah. In terms of if they are going through one-on-one, I think it's 90% that Yotta finishes, 80% that Salah finishes. And that's just because Yotta's is this clinical. Like it's like he only concentrates on shooting practice. He doesn't give a fuck about anything else. No dribbling practice, no passing practice, just shooting and heading. That's all he cares about. It's like he went on pro clubs and that's all he put his points on. Just fired it up. So when it comes to shooting, I think Yotta's our best finisher. I think Diaz is a menace and he's our best left wing option. Or I would say right wing option of this. Yeah. Game. Yeah. And I think Nunes offers an outlet that nobody else does. I think the left wing spot allows him to utilize his pace. I don't like the way he always cuts in. I think he needs to be a bit better with that. He needs to like add a bit more variety to what he does when he gets the ball. But in terms mm. of just being able to get there and offering an outlet there, I think he's the best one. So I think those three would be the way to navigate this next, I guess, six games. Yeah, agree, agree. And I, I obviously, listen, man. I, 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 to be honest, I don't like seeing Gakpo start. I, I think he slows the play down too much for me. Um, he, he, he is an intelligent player, but I think he's better from the bench. Jota has come back. I miss Jota, so he has to start. Nunes' pace has to start, and then you got Diaz. So that front three picks itself. If, if I'm honest, mm. I think obviously, um, Gakpo obviously did play in a deeper role. So you can say he was doing a job for us, but at the same time, those three are the most potent um, three that we've got. You've got everything in there. You've got pace on Nunes. You've got unpredictability in Nunes. Then you've got Jota, who is, as uh, Marco said, he, he is potent. And do you know what? Even though Jota's not lightning, he he, he somehow looks quicker than, than than him running. I don't I don't I don't I don't get it sometimes. Sometimes I see him take. You know I think he's really. I know. Quick. I think he's super quick with how he dribbles. I don't think he's quick like. It must, it must, yeah, because it, 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 it when he's running like say if he's racing, he don't look quick. But with the ball, he is quick. Very intelligent player. And then obviously Diaz, who started wonderfully the season. Well, I think he lost com- um, confidence. Obviously the situation with dad. And um, it took him a while. He's been quite poor of recent. So I'm glad he coming back into play. So, um, yeah, man, that's that's the front three for now. Shout out Papa Diaz, by the way. Yeah, man, he, 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 he he's not allowed out of his, uh, his sight, is he? He's, I love how he's in the high end as well. That was, that was, that was, that was quality stuff, man. You've got to love that. Um, obviously, um, midfield. There were some high-quality midfields on display, Declan Rice being one of them. But I think the one midfielder who really showed yeah, a class above and has been one of, again, we're talking about unsung heroes for Liverpool this season, uh, Curtis Jones, take a bow, because what he's been doing this season, um, you know, not only how he embarrassed Ben White and his fake tan um, with that little bit of skill, but just how he's able <laughs> But just how he's able to kind of I dictate. Tan, you know, like, no need. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm, uh, if I was the, if I was Arsenal's kit man, and obviously they're wearing that all white kit, I'd be 
Tell them tone um, it down, man. Get some makeup on there or something, man. Honestly, you know what In... I mean? Like, imagine having to wash that. The amount of fake tan that was probably on that kit. Jesus Christ. It is unbelievable. Um, brown kit by the end of it. It's darker than me. Um, it's wild. Um, but yeah, um, Tyce Jones, man. The way he's able to occupy uh, hit the space on the pitch, he's able to make that left-hand side tick. We just look so much a better team with him on there. All right, Naomi, what, what were your thoughts on uh, on Curtis from, from Sunday's performance? Uh, not even just Sunday. I just feel like he's grown so much. My thing with Curtis was that he released the ball too late. He, he always released it a couple seconds later than he should have. But I feel like this season, he's got that sort of maturity in his game where he sort of mm. reads it much more better, knows when to release the ball, knows when to carry the ball, knows when to, like, just knows what to do. And I think he's just grown so much. And I think he is genuinely our best midfielder right now. Currently, for me, one of the first names on the team sheets, without a doubt. I think he brings balance to the midfield. I think I mentioned it actually in a couple pods that I did with you guys that I found it better in the season when he was always in the midfield because I think it brought that balance to the midfield. And obviously he didn't, he was out of the team for a while. And that's when our midfield was just looking very weird. Obviously, Sobersly dropped form. McAllister wasn't great. Again, I could show a bit of mercy to McAllister because he's not in his natural position. Um, mm -hmm. But then when Jones did come back into the fold, you saw that balance sort of return and it started ticking again. So I just feel like he's that glue in that midfield that brings, brings it all together. So yeah, I'm just so happy for him. And I was always hopeful that it was going to click for him. And I, I'm really glad it finally has like clicked for him. And he's now a renowned member of the team, like the first team, which is really good. Uh, apparently, childhood Arsenal fan uh, Curtis Jones getting the win. Um, no, are you serious? No, no, it was something the it was something the fight he made up at the weekend, oh. which was quite, <laughs> which was really funny. Yeah, Arsenal fans were basically saying that they should go in for Curtis Jones for their left centre mid slot, and they think it's feasible somehow. Well, some of them think it's feasible. They're delusional, but it's Arsenal fans. They're delusional. Arsenal they live fans. like on another planet. <laughs> that, basically, uh, anything is feasible. <laughs> Did you come? Do you see the comments that a certain yes channel yeah. had made? Yes, absolutely disgusting. Not disgusting, but like, who was he thinking to even say that? Like, what what do they smoke over there at the carpet? Like, I want to know. Like, like, give me some. You know what I mean? That's what they smoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like give me some. Like, they are so delusional. It's it's it baffles me every day. I see a new clip, and I'm literally like, what are they doing over there? Like, bring us all in. So all that's delusional. I don't know if you guys remember the Curtis joke. Like there were there were certain shouts at some point towards last season. Obviously, when he was dealing with the injury, that if Curtis Jones wasn't scouted, he'd be a championship player. Boy, those people look. Wait, I might have been one of those people, you know. Let me throw him under the bus real quick. Who, who was that? I might have been one of those people that was really saying, no. Damn, you were a Curtis Jones hater, were you? You know what? I, I I was one to say to get him, sell him. Um, all due to because of his injuries, his inconsistencies. Here, one minute he lights, he light, he lights up the lights up the place, and the next minute he just goes dark. You know what I mean? Mm. So I was like, yeah, let's just maybe cash in on him. So again, but I, I do like him. I do like him, but I just feel I'm not gonna. I see Naomi very excited. Um, fair play to you, but I'm just gonna. Reserve it maybe for one more month because he, he does this to me a lot. And then, do you know what I mean? He, then I, I he, he goes missing or he get like an Achilles injury again. And then, so I'll give it until another month and then I'll be like, yeah, this boy. He's, he's never like, done it for this long period of time. 
You know, I'm jumping on the Naomi bandwagon, man. I think Curtis has been a great player for us in terms of being able to see those attributes and know that he mm. can probably apply and become a, I'm not going to say a world-class player. Mm. I'm probably going to say tier below that. I'm going to say a very, very good Premier League player. Because, as Naomi said, there were points where he would just not release the ball at the right time or he wouldn't, like, understand the game enough to like be in a certain position but you could see when he was on the ball he was absolutely class like he could manipulate the ball I remember seeing this week even his goal against Everton I think it's about three or four years now um the one way he whips it top corner against Pickford big ball mm. was like, big goal big goal that was like his breakout moment like every Liverpool player has that moment where what every Liverpool academy product that comes through rare and few and far between but those that come through have that big moment where you realise, OK, this player might actually have something. And Jones being a left winger that's now moved into the centre of midfield, I've given him a lot of leeway where I basically said, maybe he's not a midfielder, he's more of an attacking player and he might not understand how to drop in at certain times. He wants to press, he wants to always be on the ball. He was essentially the best player in the under-21s and now he's coming into a team where he's not seeing as much of the ball. So he wants to be as ball-dominant as possible. And now he's being starved of the ball. He's doing a lot of dog work. He's like essentially in the genie Ronaldo role, where he's tasked with being smart and understanding where to be, but at the same time, understanding how to be cohesive around that left side of midfield, how to get the best out of Robertson, now being Gomez, getting the best out of Diaz, now being Nunes, and how to like essentially make everybody around him look good, but not taking the glory for himself. But I think he's he's striking up a really good balance of being able to do that, as well as have some of his moments. I remember, I know most recently it was twisting up Benedorm, so Benedorm Ben, in the corner, um, just swiping him and just making sure that everybody put that on a little clip. Um, and he's had his few moments where he scored goals as well. I think he's got two goals this season. He's improving in terms of being able to get forward and. Linking up with Diaz, I think Diaz looks a lot better with him on the pitch. I think that whole left side in general looks a lot better with him on the pitch. So I'm happy to see him flourishing. I do think him and Elliot may be the future of our midfield. Obviously, Elliot needs to bulk up a little bit, in my opinion, to be able to knock it about with some of these Premier League big boys. But it looks like we do have a solid pair of eights that can contribute from now and moving forward in the future. Yeah, I don't know about Elliot though. I'll be real, man. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about him. That's really? what I've got boxing. I can't lie, still. Yeah, I had CJ stocks here, yeah, but they were probably like eighty percent. Elliot, I'm like 125. <laughs> I'm, all I'm all in. I sold the house. I put all the money in the bookies. <laughs> so, do you gamble? No, I invest. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, if you're hearing this, I need a big return, still. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of shocked by that club, especially after the sub appearances. It's more of the fact that because you're like me when you kind of look at look at players in these aspects, the way he reads the game when he comes on as a sub, I always find that's like a really big sign of maturity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Chris, no, don't, get, don't get me wrong. Like his impacting games have been good, uh, but I, I mean, like, oh, I don't, I don't like he's not he's not a ninety minutes guy for me. Um, you know, that's he, fair. He, he, he affects the game. He has a vision, but he's not a 90 minutes guy. And I just think, and because and, and, and what he said recently when he was saying, 
He doesn't want to be a super sub. Hats off to you. But I can't see him being a starter for us in terms of like going forward. I think he'll always be like a squad player. Maybe play like three games and then obviously then obviously then enter the bench again. He'll be that kind of player for us. I can't see him being a starter weekend. Jones, I can. When jo- Jones mm. is a player, Jones, when fit, he'll be that player that he can start games, you know what I mean, on a regular basis. So that's mm-hmm. for me, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm not on one of them. Let me play devil's advocate there. So Elliot is now 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Jones is 22. Yeah. When Jones was 20, were you saying that he could start in this midfield? I don't think so. I think no. at that you know, time, you saw Jones and you saw the immaturity in him. With Elliot, you're still seeing that immaturity and you're seeing him drift out of games where Essentially, Elliot is what Jones was, and I described like maybe 10 minutes ago now, where he's a ball dominant player. He's better than most of the people his age, and he wants to be on the ball all the time. So sometimes he drifts out of games when he's not on the ball. He doesn't mm-hmm. really understand like how to affect the game off ball in terms of runs in behind and like picking up spaces that are dangerous to open like avenues for other players in and around him. So I think when he learns that, when he learns how to make everybody around him better, he essentially becomes a lot better of a player because I think his final ball is better than most people at the club at 20 years old. I would say maybe Salah's, no, Salah's ball definitely, Salah's final ball pause definitely is better than his. I would say Thiago, even though Thiago doesn't play. I would say McAllister. Then I'll probably say Jones or Elliot. The final ball, their consistency about their final ball and what they attempt and how often they find that ball Tend to be quite good. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think, um, I, I, for me, I don't think he has a standout attribute. I think he's like, you know, oh, sorry, I forgot Trent before people crucify him. Trent is up there. He's, he's one of them ones where he, he, he can do, he can dip in each jar, but I don't think what if you say Harvey Elliott, could you tell me he's outstanding attribute, other attribute player? That's that's the thing for me. Um, so that's why I think it's his intelligence. I think it's his intelligence and his dribbling. I think, yeah, and this is a big shout. I think he needs to model his game after Bernardo Silva. I don't think he's going to be as good as Bernardo Silva, but in terms of that type of player, Bernardo Silva, David Silva, those playmakers that occupy the half spaces and do like those quick interchanges, quick one twos, and layoffs into other people to try and create the final ball. I think he could be a player of that mold. Do I think he could reach those levels? No, because he isn't as gifted as Bernardo and David. But do I think he could be a high-level midfielder, similar to Jones, where I said a very, very good Premier League player? Yeah, I do think he can be still. And I do think he can do that at Liverpool. Yeah, no, I think I think Jones, Jones is that player, what you described, more than Elliot. I think, I think Elliot, I'm not sure, I'm not, I'm not disrespecting him. I think Elliot's more one of them guys that he's got legs and he can shoot. Yeah. Other, uh, other than that, he, he, he's, a bit, he's more intelligent than what you think, but he's not like a Cole Palmer um, sort of player. I don't think he's like a, a, a Rico Lewis intelligent player. Even even a Smith Rowe. Like, he's not like. He, that's don't, kind don't, of, don't talk about them bums there. Don't yeah, talk about people that are NFTs. That is where. None of that. The style where RVL should mirror, but I don't think his legs are too small. Like, just, like so we got to find a role for him. I, I can, I can like, do you know what I mean? We might, we might can mold him into a wing back. I'll be honest with you, that's the mold I'm looking. What? I know you're Otto Silva. Yeah, I'm looking more like 
Um, I'm glad I'll off myself right now. Wing back. Yeah, wing back. Future wise, I'm I'm looking at him as a, as, as a do, you, wait, do you know what you said? Wing back. Yeah, wing yeah, back. Yeah. Wings slash. Right. You know I mean, yeah, yeah, bro. Alberto Moreno. No way. Yeah, he's, well, he's not Alberto Moreno, but I'm, I'm that kind of mold. I don't see him in a, in a well, not for us anyway. In a centre midfield part role. I think we're enjoying him. He's 20. But when it gets to like the 23s, 24s, we're looking for established players. We want to start saying, you know, like you, you've got little babies and babies cute until they get like an age where you start babying them. We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna come off that because you're not 20. Right, so I'm, I'm feeling good we're on a nice little pod. We, we're both feeling good. We beat Arsenal. <laughs> Let's do a little bet. A little five pound bet. Yeah, go on. If, let's say the next three years, Elliot will be a starter in the Liverpool no, squad. In fact, no, not a star. He'll be contributing in midfield in Liverpool squad. So you know, I, I, I said if you dare, you would do that. So that ain't, that ain't no wager. That's that's what he could strive to be. But he ain't going to be no starter, bro. He won't be do no you know, Do you know I changed from starter? Because you just bought Sir like so I can't really say that. And we have a what? young coach, so it's a bit hard to what? say a starter because there is Gavin Birch, there's Jones, there's Elliot, there's Sir like in two positions. So I can't say 100% he's going to be a nailed on starter, but on, Chris, we'll do a little fun something for our fans still. Mm. Well, I was going to say, height-wise, he's the exact same height as Barella. What's saying he can't be that type of player in terms of the blueprint? Because I think they've both got the same technical, they've both got the same technical security yeah. from my point of view. Yeah, yeah I, I think um, what, what, what I've seen of Barella um well, he's a bit, a bit taller than him. I'll tell you that for a fact. Um, <laughs> no, I just checked at the same height. No, no, bro. That's that's measurement, bro. He's taller than Barella, bro. I mean, Barella's taller than him. Anyway. I'm trying to say Harvey has little man syndrome. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Remember, he's got the, got the noodles and the hair in it, so it kind of makes him kind of taller. Bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no. Um, the Barella situation, but, but, but Barella can do both, box to box. Elliot tries to do both. I don't think Elliot's commanding that both. Elliot's more of an offensive player for me. Mm. But I don't. I don't like it. But I'm just saying. Like I'm. All, I'm. I'm. I'm more Jonesy. Like Jones is a. Jones is is slick. He's slick with it, man. Like the what he gets credit for. The boy. He he is a talented player, and he's slick with the movement. His, his gameplay. Um. That's why I said when I was saying to Naomi, he flirts with me too much because I get excited and he goes missing. So that's who I'm focused on. Jones can be a starter for us. I'm not really Elliot screaming yet. But I said I could be wrong in it. We'll wait. We'll wait and see. Um, he, he's a Liverpool player until 2027, so the development's going to be development's going to be there. Um, it was a battle of um, two French centre halves at the weekend, uh, and one of them shone through and, and has really started to show his class in the past few weeks. And of course, he had a man of the match, um, Ibrahim Akanase. What a performance that was at the weekend from him, um, Naomi. What were your thoughts on not only his performance from the weekend, but you know, his performances for this season so far, because uh, when we talk about unsung heroes, I think he's been one of the better players for us this season. Oh, I love him. He's just like a destroyer, just always there. Like, he's so old school, isn't he? Like, just a proper defender, just cares about his defending, has the, like, once in a million times where he goes and wanders, like, down the pitch. But then even then, he's just like, he does like a little massive and goes on adventure. But... I just love his everything about his game because I think him and um, Van Dyke balance each other's games really out. Like um, Van Dyke is very good at um, his passing and has more to his game than maybe you say Konate. 
But Kanate just, yeah, he's just an absolute brick wall. And yeah, I'm just glad he went to the carpet and absolutely stole Saliba's chain off his neck, which is just amazing to see. So, yeah. So they're saying they got the diamond tester and um, that shit fake. That shit fake. Mark, what, what, what would you say? Would you say that shit fake or... Um... Kubik Zakonas. Dan Koops, I know you're listening. <laughs> Zakonas. The Argos brand. That's what you're, you're saying. On. That they're saying that shit's glass, you know. Now let me let me be serious for a second. I think Saliba's a very, very good player, and I think mm-hmm. he's himself really well against Nunes. I think he handled Nunes. He didn't lose a duel against Nunes, even though it was technically only three duel. He marshaled Nunes extremely well. Um, he's rapid, he knows how to jinky jinky, small, small, he can pass. So I think he's a very good player. But what Konate has shown is in a more difficult position, in my opinion, where he's left to defend by himself. Remember that Saliba has a centre-back outside of him as a right-back in Ben White. Mm. Also someone that doesn't really go forward as much this season. Um, Konate is essentially on an island by himself, like quite a lot of the time. As you saw in the two instances where Martinelli went past Trent, Trent got injured in the first one. Yeah. Um, so essentially he wasn't, in no formal capacity, able to challenge the second one. He lets Martinelli go past him. He can't really do too much. So Konate is essentially by himself. He's also defending these huge spaces. When Trent is going into midfield and being essentially our six, Konate has that whole right side to defend. And we saw that against Martinelli in the game at Anfield, where he ate up Martinelli, paused. I think he won 11 of 11 duels. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous. So, I think Martinelli is... So, I think Konate is an amazing player. Um, he does have his rash moments sometimes as well. And there are like... I, he, that, that man is prone to one hey. bozo moment oh, per, and it's uh, per 180. When the bozo moment is coming, it could come like on the 89th minute. It will come on the first minute. It's just, <laughs> you're waiting for it to come. And if he gets rid of those bozo moments, I think he is going to be talked about in the ilk of those class centre-backs. Um, there was a quote from Van Dyke who said, basically at the age that Konate is, I wasn't as good a centre-back as him. So he expects Konate to be miles better than him. Um, I don't yeah, know if I've got, I've, got, I've got that quote now. So obviously, after Arsenal visited Anfield, he said that Konate is better than he was at 24 and has all the tools to be one of the world's best centre-backs. Um, and I think it's it, it's you know hard to look past that display on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, and kind of say that you know, it's hard not to see that he could be one of the better centre backs in world football. Um, and I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt because I think I'm one of the things that he has to do in that role on the right handed centre back, the amount of space that he has to cover and the intelligence he has to have to do that is just absolutely unreal. Yeah, 100%. And I didn't know if he had the intelligence or not because, let's say, last season or two seasons ago, there were these moments where he would be challenging every single duel, even against Sheffield United. There was a couple of moments where the ball is out of reach and because he's so fast and so strong, he thinks he can get there and he doesn't get there. So he gets beaten and that leaves a big hole. But now he's picking and choosing his battles a little bit more wisely. Mm -hmm. So I think that's helping us. Um, In terms of if I think he can be better than Van Dijk, I don't think so. And part of the reason is the type of defender he is. So... Look, let's compare him to Arsenal centre-backs. I think he's more like Gabriel than he is Saliba. 
And that's because he's so aggressive in his defending. He wants to always challenge people. He wants to be on the front foot. Whereas Saliba's more Van Dijkish, where he's going to let somebody come onto him, pause. He's going to let somebody make that mistake before he actually steps in. He's a bit more clued up and he's not going to rely on his pace and power so much. Mm-hmm. So I think those type of players have more longevity because if you're not relying on your pace and power, when that starts to decline, then you don't need to rely on it as much. So let's say Thiago Silva, who's now 38, who doesn't rely on his pace and power, is still a very good defender because he doesn't jump in for every duel. He's very, very tactically smart and tactically aware. He knows when he can challenge for something. He knows how to shape his body so that he's not going to be beaten for pace. So I think the Salibas of this world are a bit more suited to longevity than Canates of this world. But I think Canates' ceiling is extremely, extremely, extremely high. I want to give him that credit. And that was a monster class at the Emirates. I hope he could replicate that on February the 6th because we need a dub for my sake, if not for Liverpool's sake, because <laughs> I have went outside. <laughs> so I hope so, man. Nah, the colossal titan, man. Uh, we know he loves his anime. Um, for his defensive partner, did a very good job as well. Kwanzaa, you know, he's kind of really stepped up and become a diamond in the rough this season. Um, it's weird to think that his uh, manager last season was one Joey Barton. Um, how things change in the space of eight months, I guess. Um, one of them is now playing at the top of their game and the other one is acting like an absolute cunt on Twitter. So, you know, weird how things are. Um but yeah, he he was really good. He looked scary though when he like, had that jammy knee knee injury. Kind of like was that in the first half? Was that the first half? Or yeah, he rolled half? his ankle. He stepped over the ball and he rolled his ankle. Yeah, that looked that looked bad to the point where I was thinking, shit, we're gonna have to go and sign the centre back now. But you know, he played on the game and still go sign the centre back. Let's not let's not do that. You should. Oh, you know what? Sign the centre back. You know how I feel about that. I've been very vocal on the fact that we should probably sign a Portuguese centre back that we've both been keeping our eye on. Yeah, man, bring him. Uh, that, that, that guy, that guy's good. Um, more, more information, <laughs> more information on that one on the centre backs pod we've got coming on the Patreon page. Uh, they have a professional I am promoting all that stuff there. Um, but yeah, no, uh, fantastic win the FA Cup. Um, next round we will play either Norwich or Bristol Rovers at Anfield. Uh, it was very funny seeing Norwich fans' reaction to that last night as they were like, "Can we just lose against Bristol Rovers so we don't have to play Liverpool um, again?" Because uh, they still have PTSD from the times where Suarez was packing them in, um, and amongst the, all the other times that we have also packed them in on the clock as well. So it's always nice to see those kind of uh, memories also stay with opposition fans. Uh, but speaking of, of course of cup competitions, we play Fulham uh, today. As you listen to this tomorrow, as we're recording. Um, it, Marco alluded to it earlier on. It's not the same Fulham super team as it were, uh, who we beat four three in an absolute classic at Anfield a few months back. Um, it is a little bit of a weaker Fulham team, but they are still dangerous. They do have dangerous players, um, and of course they've had very efficient players as they showcased against Arsenal when they beat them. Uh, Joao Polinia once again kind of proving that the old school number six uh, still has his place in modern football, uh, much to my agree. Um, and they've got, you know, very good attackers. Uh, Raul Jimenez has um, crawled his way back from obscurity and become a very a somewhat decent Premier League striker again. Deco Dover-Reed always causes us problems in, in these big moments. And of course, one of Andres Pereira or Harry Wilson will be present as well. 
obviously it's a depleted side at the moment. What are you thinking lineup wise? Will we go strong or will there be some rotation in this team? No, I'll start with you. We're going to go strong. I think what if we learned from last season when Klopp started realizing he's further in the competition, he started to go a bit strong. Um, mm. I think he's going to go as strong as possible, especially the fact we've got so many players out. So we don't really have much choice, even if we kind of wanted to. Um, my thing is, I saw that Kelleher is due predicted oh, to start. Yeah. I think yeah. with Trent not there, we should just start Alisson. I don't think we're. I don't think. I think we should just go ahead and just almost. Round it all up in that first leg, if I'm being completely serious, because I've always been a big fan of Kelleher, but I'm not really sure what's kind of happened to him um, this season. I feel like he's taken a massive step back in just everything. His all-round game is quite poor. He's shot-stopping. Everything just seems to go through his through his hands. Um, and it's been very worrying. So I think in a game like this, I just think start Alisson no playing about just get the job done at um at Liverpool and maybe in the Fulham leg if we absolutely smash them in Liverpool we can then rotate and save everyone for Bournemouth or the next FA Cup rounds but um yeah I think we should start strong I predict Connor Bradley to start of course because who else will in Trent's position um our midfield will be McAllister Jones and probably Gakpo he seems to like Gakpo in midfield which is very bizarre I I don't like it at all personally I hate it um but I think he will go with that and then hopefully he starts um Diaz Nunes and Jota well he will have to if he starts Gakpo in midfield so and then Virgil seems to be back so he'll start Virgil and Konate and then Gomez so yeah that should be that should be the team. He could surprise us. You know what Klopp's like. He doesn't really take these competitions seriously, but hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. I think weirdly, because of the injuries, like you've said, most of the team kind of um, picks itself. Connor Bradley at right back, Gomez mm. or filling a, a left back, centre back. You can maybe rotate Canate, give Quanta another start. Mm. Um, so th- there's different options there. Midfield's the real interesting one because obviously. Could you give Gavin Birch a game? Yeah. Do you play McAllister deeper? I would you play, play Gavin Birch, but I think he's going to go go Gakpo. He has this kink about playing Gakpo midfield. It's very weird. It's but... it's it's a sickness that these things. Yeah, he loves it. Leave immediately if there's uh-huh. a vaccine for that sickness. He needs to take that ASAP. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you saying? He has a humiliation kink like Anik. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen, um, the people of this podcast don't agree with the tweet that was sent out by one Annick last week, so let's just separate ourselves <laughs> from that one completely. Um, but yeah, I don't the, the, the midfield one's quite interesting because obviously, Sebastian like injured, so there's still like a gap on the right hand side. You could give that game, you could give that position to Elliot. Six, you could maybe play Jones there, but let's be real, it's going to be McAllister because I think for that quick distribution as well. And like you said, Mark earlier on, his final ball and some of his delivery in that quarterbacking position, I think that's going to be really key, with, with especially with Trent out. We've seen him and Darwin have a really good connection too, so that's going to be the ball that will probably be played over the top. So it is that left-hand side role. So do you want to give Jones a little bit of rotation, kind of keep him fresh and keep him firing, and just give Gavin Birch a little bit of a run out? Because he, yes, he does seem a little bit low in confidence, but I feel like against that Fulham midfield, he could get a bit of joy. Mm-hmm. I personally... So just before, if I'm not, let me touch on my first. Though. So I think I would go McAllister, Elliot, Gravenberch. I, I don't know what it is with Gravenberch here yeah, and Elliot. Together, they don't seem to click. I can't remember how many games they've played together here, yeah, but 
it seems like they step on each other's toes a bit too much. Maybe it's because Elliot is so ball dominant and Gavin Birch likes to drive with the ball so much that they both want to pick up the balls and the balls pause in the same area. Um, so I don't know what I would do in that aspect, but I would love to see them restart. I think they're good enough to battle the um, fuller midfield. I do think there may be a shock. In fact, no, I'm not saying a shock. I'm more saying that there is the option of going Owen Beck at left back because he was just brought back from loan. I don't see what other games he is going to start other than this Fulham game. Um, so you could go Owen Beck at left back, put Gomez in the right back slot, which he's more accustomed to. Um, yeah. Conor Bradley's just come off 20 minutes and you might want to keep him fit for the Bournemouth game because who knows, he might need to start that Bournemouth game. Trent's not available. Um, you don't want to get him injured in a game that doesn't mean what well, isn't as significant as a Premier League game. Um, so I do think there may be a bit of that change that Owen Beck at left back as opposed to Conor Bradley at right back. Um, and I do think there may be a shock up front. I don't know what it's going to be. It may be Gakpo starting and that could be the shock as opposed to Yoton, Nunez and Diaz. But ideally, I would love to get this game wrapped up. I do think it is a game we lose though. Based off Trent not being available um, they lose? Yeah, I think we lose one of the games in January, and I'd rather we lose the Fulham game at home and then beat them away from home. Or I was gonna say lose away from home, yeah, but because we've lost Trent, I think it's more feasible that we are a bit reeling from losing Trent. We don't really have the players to put together a really, really strong, strong side to dominate the Fulham team. Yeah, no. I know that contradicts what I was saying earlier on today. I'm stuck but... I'm not... mm, mm, no, no I, think, I think that's fair. I'm looking at the um, predicted lineups now. Um, Fulham's, Fulham's one's quite interesting. They're going quite quite strong in, in what they do. So uh, you expect Anson to start at a bio, and a bio will start. Uh, it's a deal. I didn't even know he played for them, so that's that's quite an interesting one. Um, but then the rest yeah. is kind of like what you expect from um, from Fulham. So, Kenny Linia is a midfield two, William Pereira and Deco Dover-Reed, and then Jimenez up front. Um, whereas our predicted lineup is Gomez, Van Dijk, Canate, Conor Bradley, a right back, Jones, McAllister, Elliot, Diaz, Nunez, Jossa. So even without Trent, I still think that's enough to get some form of result in the first leg. Yeah, Mark, 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 Mark was just piping up his boy, man. It's more I would rather clock cotton wool some players that we are going to need than yeah. ladies We're players not, and not risk losing this, them or getting injured. Again, on, is it next week? Our oh, next game, after this game? I'm 21st of January. Yeah, but this game until then, right? Yeah, but Bournemouth away is a really, really hard game in yeah. of them being informed. Them being informed. And also, yeah. I don't think he wants to risk injury to any players at this moment in time. No, he don't. So I, I think he might rest. Uh, no, he might. He might actually, I'm thinking he rests Nunes. <laughs> I think Gapo could start up front. Um, mm. A similar team to what Naomi was saying. I think in the midfield, yeah, I think Gapo will start up front. Jota will start in these minutes. And mm, probably Nunez. Nunez for the goal. I'd rest Diaz. 
not that he needs it, but Nunes needs a goal, man. He needs, he needs a couple. Fuck it. No, nah, he needs a hat trick. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> he needs it. <laughs> he, needs, he needs some goals in there. So, in terms of um, centre backs, if Van Dyke fit, he will play. Yeah, no 100%. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I ain't gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. And I, and I said it on the pod. Um, Endo, Endo's shutting me up a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. So, I know he's obviously away. But boy, I, I, I was ridiculing that boy. And yeah, listen, Endo, any Endo fans, I, I'm thinking I'm apologizing because the boy, the boy can play, man. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, man. Let me, let me also be a wax and apologize to Endo because the only Endo I knew beforehand was a wheelie on a bicycle frontways. So it's nice to see him playing really well and being a dominant force in our well dominant defensive force in our lineup where he's mm. shutting down stats. Mm. When I saw the stats here in comparison to with Endo and without, I was very, very shocked in terms of shots face, goals conceded, points won. He's a great player, you know. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't go as far as saying great. I would say a very, very good player that is contributing to a great side. Well, the, the comment at Cops when he was signed, remember, he's highly respected in Germany for, at what he does. And if you remember, Fabinho started atrocious. I remember watching some Fabinho when he first started. Oh, my God, he looks slow. Mm. Remember, remember that Arsenal game? Yeah, he mm. just looked... I'm like, who's this guy we just signed, man? Like, is, he, is he a right-back? But, yeah, man, Endo, yeah, come back quick, man. That, that, I'll be honest with you, it's Endo in that role, and then McAllister can play his role. McAllister and Sabozlai, great combinations in there, man. I know it's off topic, but yeah, in terms of the game tomorrow, got no, I've, I've got no reservation whatsoever about Fulham. Fulham ain't doing nothing at Anfield, absolute nothing. Um, we're gonna win the game comfortably. Confident. <laughs> they did something <laughs> early exactly. in the season. Yeah, they're not doing nothing. We're, we're, we're every, morale's high. We're in all competition mm-hmm. that we can possibly have. Yes, Trent's the downer, but we're at home. Like, the boys are going to come good. Um, I do agree with Naomi, though. The Keller situation, he, he is a good goalkeeper. This season, Wait. I think... If, if you remember, mm-hmm. he started the last game against Fulham, um, the 4-3. And two yes. of the goals. Right. He, he was in fault for two, three of them. You're so yeah. right. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. The first two goals, yeah. The second yeah. goal goes through his hands. Honestly, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. But he did that in the Europa League as well. I can't remember the team where they shot at him and it went through his hands. I'm like, what is going on? To lose that we should have drawn against as well. But we ended yeah. up losing because... I think with him, I think with Kelleher, like, he's so reliable. But he was meant to go in the summer, I remember. He was meant to go mm-hmm. in the summer. And everything went flat. Rumours died down and it ended up here. I just think now, what Naomi has touched on, I do think he he knows he ain't got a future at Liverpool because he's gone from Mr. Reliability to now. Like, uh, do we play him or do we not play him because he might cost us? That was never the situation with Keller. So, yeah, you might as well just play Alisson. But, yeah, I think Keller's um, head, I think, is not at Liverpool anymore because, unless I'm overreacting, but, yeah, he was he was... Not safe at all. Last game, all over the place. I guess just to touch on Kelleher as well, Paul. I think he was a very, very good replacement goalkeeper for us last season. But the lack of game time has meant that he's not able to build on what he's got. No, bro, he weren't playing even before that. He weren't playing. No, so okay. when so last season when he did come in, yeah, he looked to me anyway. He looked okay. Like he looked good distribution wise. He looked yeah. like he could save a shot. Now he looks like. I, I, 
if you shoot at him, he's going to crumble. He looks like he's made of biscuit. And if you shoot hard enough there, it's just going to go past his hands. 100%. 100%. So, I, so I, don't know right. I don't know what it is. His head doesn't seem in it. Like, even not even just the going through his hands, like his positioning. Mm-hmm. I can't remember yeah. what game it was. I just remember, like, why you, you shouldn't be there as a goalkeeper. Like, why you like why are you not on your, like, why are you not there? Like, I, just, I can't remember the specific scenario, but I just remember thinking, like, why is his positioning so off? Something's like not right. Like, something's not right at all. The name. Oh, no, no. Maybe the luck of the Irish has ran out still. <laughs> oh, no, no. No one will be worse than that guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my god, a goalkeeper, a black goalkeeper of a high top was never going to be a success. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I have no comment on this particular issue. I'm going to remove myself from this conversation. Well, yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting game tomorrow, especially obviously with, with, with players of the way and the injuries we've got. So, what are we all thinking in terms of a score? I'm going to go quite bold, you know, I'm going to say 3 1 Liverpool. I'm gonna say four one Nunes brace. I'm gonna go one one. One one. Ooh, okay. Fuck, oh my good lord, bro. Last game for two weeks, you know. So much. I kept it. Well, at the beginning, I said we should beat Fulham. Then I've gone into you know Fulham could be hard. To now saying one one. So. You know, okay. if I push for a result, yeah, it's going to be 1-1 or 2-1 to Liverpool. I just can't tell at the moment. It depends on the lineups. I think we keep a clean sheet and we win 2-0. Bro, that's more like it now, I mean. I mean, like, go on. I, I'm not, com- like, I'm confident, but, like, I'm not, don't get me wrong. If they came and played us and it ended a draw, they won. It would not shock me because they came and did that earlier in the season. But I'm yeah. silently confident we can keep a clean sheet and get two goals. Nunes mm. has to score. Oh my god! When last did that brother score? <laughs> I'm actually being, I'm being genuinely games, serious. Two games ago. Yeah, two games ago. Two three. Oh, was it two yeah. games ago? Oh, was that Burnley? Burnley. Burnley game. Oh yeah, was it Burnley? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. From outside the box. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, he, he needs. I'm sorry. Burnley, he needs to step up. Like I'm all for him. Like. I, I agree. Like we are actually better on on the uh, we are better team with him. Like I fully fully yeah. agree with that. But like we didn't buy him for that. We bought him to score goals. Like I'd yeah. rather him be crap at football and he's shooting bare goals. Do you know what I mean? That's what we spent the money on. So he oh, needs to step up. Like it's actually yeah. a joke. We all need to stop babying him as a fan base. Like everyone's like, oh, Captain Chaos, all this year. I'm just like, no, score some goals. Yeah, hundred percent. Give me I'm a hard so I'm I end up my tether. <laughs> Literally, I'm so done. <laughs> Go in Nunez. Listen to everybody. Nobody, nobody believes in you. <laughs> what are you prepared to do about it? Um, and these are the games where he can actually step up and get a few goals. Um, I'm sick of saying the words. Well. If the first one would have got in, he would have had a hat trick. So oh, let's honestly. hope the first one goes in and the hat trick comes. And knew this, you cost me a hundred pound last in, last season. You know. <laughs> Quick corner, I was so upset. <laughs> nah, bro. No, brother, you ba- no, brother, you badly invested that hundred pound. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I the, the thing that made me sick in that Newcastle game before we before we end the pod was the Gakpo goal was the singular funniest finish I've ever seen in my entire life. It was a proper Looney Tunes finish. You know what I mean? Like, the way he bounced off, it was just comical. 
<laughs> Why can that never happen for Nunes? Because he went like, Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, <laughs> why can't it not happen for him? Like, his misses are actually like disgraceful. Like, he had, he had a big miss in Arsenal as well. They're like so easy as well. But all the goals he scores are like complicated goals. I'm just like, yeah. why are you? He's like an enigma. Like, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah, something's it, not okay. That's what it is. The hard goal. Like, if, 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 if even though um, your goals for Uruguay, like, oh, yeah. Exactly. Destroyed Argentina and, and Brazil defence. Destroyed them. Like, it doesn't make sense. Do you remember that Bournemouth game in the FA Cup where he missed this clear-cut chance, like an open goal, yeah? And then all of a sudden, he takes this awful ch- touch and then scores this bang of a goal. And I'm just like... Oh, the one earlier in the season, the league. Yeah, off. yeah. I'm just like, yeah. what is wrong with you? He's the opposite, mate. He's the opposite. It's the fact his touch was awful as well. I was just like, oh, here we go. And then he whips it and he goes in the net. I'm just like, what? Like, what is going on? Honestly. The thing about it as well, the scary thing about it, just touching it, is that he's had 18 big chances. Like, big, big, big chances. His, his stat ratio could be close to Salah's. How, how, how crazy is that? He can easily break Haaland's record if he finishes chances. Like, do you know how easy it will be for him? Because he's always in the right positions. He's he's like everything about his game, everything else is genuinely perfect. Like he genuinely gives defenders a hard time. He yeah. just can't find the net. It does it doesn't make sense. Yeah. New Year's is still believing you, bro. Come on, no man. Come on, it's gonna work. I, like, I, I, want that still, I might be I might be jumping ship still. I don't believe in him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be real. I jump ship back. <laughs> Three months ago, I am good, man. He'll be back. Don't worry, man. He'll be back, man. I believe. I I believe, man. I believe in you. Mainly because I I still think that, you know, there's there's a player there. That's the sick thing. There's a player there. 100%. There is. He might be be Samson. So, you know Samson from the Bible, yeah? Cut his hair. I'm I'm, I'm aware. He used to cut his hair. He used to have a quick buzz cut and maybe he gets his powers. Oh no, but listen, yeah, in Benfica, Samson cut his hair off and lost his powers. And he would no, so I'm saying that reverse for Samson. Yeah, you're right. No, I mean, it was Benfica, he has short hair. Like, that's why we signed him. And then he comes here and wants to do like a L'Oreal advert for us. Like, I'm like, cut your hair. Cut your hair. Listen, man, I'm pitching, you know, a collaboration between me and Nunes for the L'Oreal advert. You know, we both have the nice hair. You've got the same haircut, to be fair. Exactly, man. That's why I need him to succeed, or else I will go bald. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's your fault. Maybe you need to cut your hair. Nunes yeah, maybe you need to cut your hair, Krish. And in both of you. Yeah, you be the bald twins. And on that note, that's been a fantastic episode. Krish, <laughs> <laughs> like, I You just cut this now. I ain't cutting none. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't cutting you. I I have been contemplating cutting it, but I don't know, man. Maybe when he if he scores a hat trick this season, I'll I'll cut it short. I think that's oh my a gosh, bear. do you know what? That's that's a good bet because it's probably not going to happen. No, nah, Chris, don't do it. He, he, he will come and jinx you, bro. I'm going to say, watching bang. Imagine, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine he does it tomorrow. Imagine he does it tomorrow. Oh my god, I will be there front and center with the Clippers. Uh, I'm not even joking. I'm going to have to do him. Hey, I'll do somebody on Coppen owes me hair. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody on Coppet owes me hair. <laughs> Mike Bancoli, mm. Mr. Bim Bam, you owe me a full head of hair. Oh, I was going to say, I might have to pull a mic, man. Go MIA for a bit and that, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
hair versus hair match. I ain't, I ain't losing shit. Um, <laughs> well, that, that, this has been a fantastic pod. Um, hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed recording it. Uh, I've been your host this week, Chris. I've been joined by Mark, Glam, and Naomi. Uh, of course, for all the bonus content for the post match against Fulham this week, uh, which I believe will be Glam and Alec, the dynamic duo. That'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. Um, the the old weekend preview crew linking up um, for the remix there. Um, of course, we've got some really good transfer pods coming next week. Uh, we have uh, one where we're looking at some potential defensive midfield options. And obviously, what is a defensive midfielder in the Lord year of 2024 as well? Uh, that's a question that I long to answer. Uh, that will have some of your favourite people on there as well. And there will be a centre-backs pod next week to just looking at all the various centre-back options we could look at. But not only in January, but the summer too. So that will be over on the Copper and Fracas Patreon page. That is www.patreon.com forward slash Copper and Fracas. And subscribe from three panel of today but thank you very much for tuning in and listening to us we'll be back next week with even more cop and fracas action until then we'll see you soon take care sports social podcast network